Hey everyone, this is PM Sport Talk, the father and son duo podcast. I'm your host, Preston, alongside my father, Mike. Dad, how are we doing today? I'm doing great. Um, had a, quite an interesting week of football this past weekend, and I'm, uh, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Uh, so let's start off here with college football. We're going to go start out in the USC Notre Dame game. We were just going on last week about how Caleb Williams is this big star, this next up man, and he got shut down by Notre Dame. Three interceptions in the first half. Yeah, how ironic is that? We're, we're both saying, oh, there's no way that he's not the favorite for the Heisman, and it's his trophy to win and all this stuff, and well, he might have just played his way right out of that on Saturday. Uh, that's by far the worst game I've seen him play yeah. since maybe his first first stint there at Oklahoma. He probably had a couple games where he didn't do too well, but you know, ever since he's become this star that he is, this is by far his worst game, and you know that that takes USC right out of the college football playoffs. Yeah, that it definitely does. USC, uh, that, that I mean, you're playing a Notre Dame game that doesn't even have a chance anymore. They they lost to Louisville, then uh, they first lost to Ohio State, and now they beat USC on on their home turf. Remember, I told you that that's you were like, oh USC. And I'm like, Notre Dame's line is superior to USC's. And uh, that was quite evident in that game. Um, I think USC was a little bit of a fraud. Were, Williams just covered up all of their shortcomings. And when he has a bad game, you know, then they're completely out of it. Because, you know, there's the defense won't pick him up like other teams will. Yeah. You know. Their defense is not good. It's just not going to pick him up. And so if he has a bad game, you know, they're done. And that showed. Now, I mean, I mean, I say they're out of it. I mean, they if they go on and win the rest of their games, well, then they're right back in it. But I don't see that happen. They got to play Oregon and Washington yet. Um, they're not going to beat both those teams. They might get lucky and beat one of them. Mm-hmm. I think that would be Oregon that they beat. Washington looks unstoppable. So, you know, and that game might be in Washington, I think. So I'm not sure, but whatever. Um, Washington looks like a more complete team. You know, stranger things have happened. If Williams, you know, as bad as he played against Notre Dame, he can flip the switch and just be lights out and, you know, have a 500-yard passing game and five touchdowns, you know. You just never know with yeah. that guy. But, yeah, um, we're not looking too good with our predictions of him being the Heisman now. Yeah, I think that that's Penix's trophy to win now. Yeah, if Penix plays uh, good the rest of the season, doesn't have any clunkers, that's his trophy to win. Yeah, and that's our next game here. Uh, the big game everyone was looking forward to. College game day was in Seattle, and then Oregon and Washington, and Washington's home turf. What a game. Michael Penix threw a game-winning touchdown with about a minute and a half left, and then Oregon missing the field goal at the end, securing uh, Washington's win. Yeah, what a game. What a back and forth. That was a great game. Mm-hmm. It was really the probably the only good game all weekend was that one. Yeah. It was, it was by far It was the best game college and pro um, of the weekend for sure. Two great teams going back and forth. Um, I don't think the lead ever got – I think – uh, Washington might have been up by 10 briefly 
But that was his, the biggest lead in that game, and that wasn't for very long. That game was back and forth, one team in front, the other team in front. And, you know, Washington pulled it out in the end. I really thought Oregon was going to pull it out. But they – one thing I'll say is their coach, who I like, Dan Lanning, because he's, he's a fiery guy. You know, he's like, you know, tells you what he thinks. I kind of like that in a coach, and he comes from a winning program. But he made a few mistakes in that game. He went for it on fourth down a couple times when they could have kicked field goal. Uh, I understand why he did that, but um, he made a couple. He had a couple errors in that game. But even even with that, they still had a chance to win. So, just a great game. I mean, by far, I think it's probably the best game of the season. Uh, maybe that uh, Texas Oklahoma game is close. Both those games are one and two as far as the season goes. But yeah, what a great game. Yeah, USC Arizona had me up till two AM too. That was that was a good game. They have a bunch of this is a great college football season so far. Yeah. Um now Washington, they're in the driver's seat. You know they already beat probably the best the toughest team they're gonna play. If they get by USC, uh they're looking really good to get in that college football playoff. I mean, of course they have to win the championship game too. So there are some stumbling blocks, but you know, they're looking good. I'd love to see a new team in there, especially Washington. Michael Penix would be electric in that college football playoff picture. Yeah, we need some new teams. It's getting kind of stale. It's always uh, Michigan, Ohio State, and Georgia are in there every year, it seems like. As much mm-hmm. as you know, we both root for Michigan, and I root for Michigan, you root for Ohio State. But you know, it's great to see some new blood in there. The only thing I'm worried about is, is if these guys knock each other off. You know, if if uh, USC happens to beat Washington and then Washington play, plays Oregon again, the championship game or whatever, then they end up, Oregon ends up beating them. And that's the only problem. They could knock each other out of that playoff. Yeah. I hope not. But that's the only, that would be a bad thing. If, if one of these, if, if Washington or Oregon is not in that college football playoff, I think that would be a shame. Yeah, uh, preseason. I did, I mean, I did not. I expect Washington to be good. Michael Penix is a star, but I didn't expect him to be this good. They are really on fire right now. But yeah, as you mentioned, it's all yeah. the division with uh, the Pac-12 is looking like one of the toughest divisions in college football it, right it, now. Yeah, um, everybody's saying ESPN saying and the experts are saying it's the best conference this year. I gotta agree with them. Yeah, they've got like six teams. I think they're in the top twenty-five. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. I mean, I keep saying, oh, if Washington gets by USC, well, there's some other teams that could beat them too. I mean, they still have to play Washington State, and that's a rivalry game. So Yeah, and the Washington State's not a bad team. They they're not dro- a bad team. They dropped one to US- UCLA, but. That's a rivalry game, so anything goes in that. So there's a lot of things yet to be decided. Um, yeah, it's great. Uh, there's one other thing I was going to say about oh, Oregon. I don't know if I, – I didn't really expect Oregon to be that good. I knew they were going to be decent this year, but I guess I didn't I didn't trust Bo Nix. Mm-hmm. But he's looking really good. Now, <clears throat> you remember when he left Auburn, how bad he was there. Oh, he was terrible. And then last year he was okay at Oregon, but he wasn't great. Yeah. So I didn't expect him to be this good. I mean, he's playing really well. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's just a great conference, and – Hopefully one of those teams gets it, will be able to get in the playoff. Hopefully. Uh, you mentioned Georgia. Some quick thing to note on. Uh, it's definitely a big impact. 
Uh, earlier today, it broke that Brock Bowers is out for the season with a again oh, surgery really? with an ankle. I didn't hear that. I yes. know he was hurt, but I didn't know he was out for the season. Tightrope surgery on that ankle is going to keep him out for the season. That's a killer for them. Um, he's great. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, I watched a little bit of their game on Saturday, and their backup tight end, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, man, he looked pretty good himself. They've got a lot of talent there. There's no way they can replace Bowers, but they, I think they'll be okay. They should be. If Carson Beck is really their quarterback for this season. He's good. He, he's good. So if he's able to continue it without Bowers, that shows us that he's, he's not a system quarterback there at Georgia. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're not as good as they were last year, of course, but I still think they're the best team in the SEC. It's not that hard to do. <laughs> not, not this year. And I think they're going to go undefeated, don't you? I don't see anybody. Be- I mean, they have a rivalry game with Florida coming up. But yeah. Florida's not that good this no, year. They suck. And they'll end up playing either probably Alabama or LSU in the championship game. We saw LSU went last year. And, and uh, LSU destroyed them. I mean, not LSU. Georgia destroyed LSU. Yeah. And even though Alabama only has one loss and they're playing a lot better now than they were before, um, they're, they're not. I mean, they only won by three points against Arkansas. Yeah. So they might, they might go. Uh, they might not lose another game. I mean, I like I play LSU. That would be a close game. But I just don't see Georgia losing to anybody in that conference. They're not as dominant as they were last year, but they don't have to be. So as long as those other – as long as their receivers and that their tight ends are serviceable, um, they should still get back to that championship game. Yeah, they should. I think Carson Beck is better than Bennett. So Yeah, Stetson Bennett. I know he didn't like him, but... I hate him. I hate him. He did win two national championships. But, Carson, if you look at the stats, I was looking at the stats this week for quarterbacks. Um, uh, Penix and um, Caleb Williams, even with those three interceptions, were still at the top. And uh, Carson Beck is right there with them. He doesn't have as many touchdowns, but he's thrown for as many yards in, in college football. So he can really throw the ball. They run the ball a lot. So he's not going to get the touchdowns that, you know, Williams is going to get. Yeah. So, yeah, I really like his game. And he's gotten better every game that I've seen him. So uh, Georgia's going to be right there at the end. So, yeah. But a big injury. I mean, it's not going to help him, that's for sure. No. I mean, Brock Bowers, he he was the reason they barely won against Auburn. Uh, That's true. We're going to have to see what impact it makes with that Georgia team. It could affect them big time, or they might be able to move on without him. Yeah, it's tough to say. I mean... And think about his draft stock, too. He was projected to be, like, top 10. I don't know if he'll still be there or not, but... He might drop a little bit, but he's so good that he he should still be a pretty good pick, I would think. Yeah. I think what helps um, Georgia is that this injury happened early. If this injury happened, like, the last game of the season or something before the championship game, that would be devastating. But they've got a lot of games to get right without him. Yeah. And against teams that aren't that good. Mm-hmm. So they should be all set by the end of the season. And, that's you know, a fair point, yeah. I think that's the only good thing about this is it happened early enough in the season that whoever's going to replace them has plenty enough time to get 
get with that offense and get rolling. Yeah, I agree. That's a fair point. That's actually a really good point. Uh, we'll just have to see what Georgia uh, will look like for the rest of the season. Uh, moving on here, we're going to move on from college football, and we'll go to MLB playoffs. So how about that Braves-Phillies series? That was a really good series. Um, till the end, um, Game three was... Uh, had some nice plays in it. It was it was just a fun series to watch, even though Philly only Philly won three one. Yeah, they won three one. Um, another another year, Atlanta goes down to the Phillies again. To the Phillies again. I didn't think they would this year. Even when Philly won the first game, I thought for for sure they'll. Since when uh, the Braves won the second game, I thought for sure okay they're going to roll now. I believe I said that on the la- on our last episode. <laughs> All right, Atlanta's going to roll. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't roll. They rolled out of the playoffs. Yeah, they had that great comeback in that game, and then in game three they got blown out ten to two, and then uh, this deciding game, you know, was three to one, and they just didn't show any life. No, none. They had the they had the bases loaded for Ronald Acuna Jr. and he. I thought I was watching. I was like, oh boy, here it is, grand slam, and. As soon as he hit it, I thought it was gone. And then Johan Rojas ran right back to the wall and made that amazing catch. And that really won, in my opinion, that won the Phillies the game. Yeah, I think I think that just deflated Atlanta. They really, and they should have had a run. They should have had a run before that because Pilar should have got home on that wild pitch. Oh, yeah, that was brutal base running. That would have made it 3-2. And then even if Acuna did fly out like he did, they didn't get any more runs. It only been one run game. And it's a lot easier to try to mount a comeback in the last couple innings when you're only down one, because mm-hmm. all you gotta do is get one guy on base, and you got a chance because they can steal they, that team can steal bases, and you know they would have had a chance to tie that up. Yeah, but didn't happen. I guess Philadelphia is just they got the clutch gene. They're they're just built for the playoffs. Um, their top two starters are better than Atlanta's. Yeah, and that's that's really all you really need. Those two really good pitchers, mm-hmm. starters, Wheeler, Nola. They have they have that great pitching. They their bullpen is nice too. Yeah, the only bat, the only thing I don't like about their bullpen is Craig Kimbrell. You don't like him? He's actually been good this season. Yeah, but I mean he he was bad before. He he went through a stretch there the last few years. Uh, he went from team to team to team because. He was just horrible. He was good with the Red Sox for a long time, and then he just fell off there. And it took him a long time, but it seems like he's found his place with Philly because he's been good with them. Yeah, he definitely has. He but played, uh, I think he closed, no, he pitched seven, seventh inning, eighth inning, and then they brought in Strom, who got the job done. That He played pretty good through those two innings. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, they just they're just it might be their time. I mean, Harper's playing really well, so yeah. Yeah, and they're winning against the Diamondbacks. I mean, I don't think it's gonna be close. Yeah, they, they're they're gonna be in the World Series. Just a matter of who they're gonna. They play. won five to two yesterday. Yeah. So and I would expect that to be five games at the most. Three uh, home runs in the first inning tells the whole story. Yeah, Kyle Schwarber. I think it was. I think he had Kyle Schwarber hit a home run on the first pitch of the game. He did. Yeah. And then you got Bryce Harper, then Castellanos. Yeah, that game was over before it even started. Yeah, 
And uh, I would expect much of the same. I would expect much of the same in tonight's game too. Uh, so I, the Diamondbacks might win a, a game. I I'd be surprised if they win more than that. I would say Phillies in five. That would be my prediction. It was against their best pitcher too, though. When they he they were hitting off of Zach Gallen like he was Louis Severino. I mean, yeah, I mean. And he's not a bad pitcher. Yeah, he's okay. I mean, he's not that good, but he's decent, yeah. But he's never been in this situation before. It's, yeah, plus in that stadium, loud as it is there. Yeah, it's different. It's a whole different atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Phillies are made for that. I don't think Arizona is, not yet anyway. Well, in the American League, the Rangers knocked off the Orioles, which we already thought was going to happen. Well, not thought, but we knew it was going to happen when – on the last episode, I believe they were up 2-0. And then that night, they won the series, sweeped them. Um, Astros beat the Twins. No surprises there. And now in the ALCS, the Rangers are up 2-0 right now. I'm really surprised because... Um, I'm not. You're not surprised. I am because I just I just assumed that Houston was just going to... I thought maybe this was Texas's Cinderella run was over. I mean, it still could be, but... Um. Yeah, they really, they really. Uh, They're going down without a fight. That's for sure. No, and because I really thought their, I didn't think their pitching would carry through. They've been good so far. I, I, I figured Evaldi would be pretty good. I just didn't think Montgomery would be. He was great again. Um, I don't know where where this is coming from because <laughs> I never saw this. I mean, he was a decent pitcher with, when he was with the Yankees. Yeah, but I just didn't. He always would. Pitched really good, and then he would give up that big hit. Oh, like yeah. A big home run or something. And Yeah, he just started going off with uh, Cardinals. Then he got dealt to the Rangers, and yeah. he's playing great. Been playing great for them. He may, I mean, so he's been great. And um, this is where it might change, though, because those two, those, there's, I think there's quite a drop off in Texas's next pitching pitchers, the next two, from mm-hmm. Evaldi and Montgomery. Mm-hmm. I don't even know who they're, who's start. Um, well, Scherzer's starting now, I guess. Oh, yeah, he got added to the roster. He got added. But you don't know what you're going to get from him. Are you going to get the old, old Max or are you getting the, the new Max? I mean, We already saw him in the playoffs last year. You remember? Horrible. You remember? You gave up like four home runs. Yeah. So I don't know what you're going to get from him. It's hard to say. It is hard to say. He could, be dom- he could come out and be dominant or he could come out and get blown up. Yeah. So who knows? And I'm not sure who Houston's pitching. I think it's probably going to be um, oh, Javier maybe. I don't know if you saw the um, game last night, but Aroldis Chapman was almost back into his Yankees form. He he threw uh, he pitched a home run to uh, pitched a ball. It was hit out by a Jordan Alvarez, and that was a one run homer. So it made the score four to five. I think Texas added another run, six to four, bottom of the ninth, and Aroldis Chapman. I'm telling you, it was so close. He pitched it to, I forget who it was, but he hit that thing almost out of there, and it was almost the game-tying home run. Evan Carter ran back to the wall, made the catch, and yeah, he's, he's that, I could not watch that play without thinking, yeah, exact same thing that happened with the Yankees. Yeah, they're rolling the dice with him. They are. Uh, yeah. He is a risky player. They don't have their their bullpen is the weakest part of that team, um, mm-hmm. so I I don't think they have a whole lot of choice. But ugh. 
he just does not do good against the Astros, period. <laughs> no. So they're going to have to pick and choose their spots where they're putting him in there. Yeah. Uh, definitely don't want him against uh, Altuve or Alvarez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we already saw what happened with Alvarez. I think Altuve ended up – I think Altuve was that base runner that almost got uh, – when they almost got the two-run homer. Yeah, so – yeah. But they're looking good. I hope it's them. But – uh, I, I would expect Houston to win a couple games, though. Make it. I think it'll be interesting, though. I think um, I could see that one going six, maybe seven. Yeah, it's going to be a great series. We'll, we'll see what happens in that one. Now it's time to move on to the NFL. The two undefeated teams go down, the 49ers and the Eagles, in the same day. Oh, what a great day that was oh. to watch those guys go down. I so, loved, loved it. So Brock Purdy played atrocious against the Cleveland Browns led by PJ Walker. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, Cleveland's defense is awesome. Yeah. Very, very good. Number one in the NFL. Statistically, they give up the least amount of yards. They're only giving up like 200 yards a game. That's crazy. The Steelers defense gives that up in the first half <laughs> games. Um, yeah, they're unbelievable. I remember I was telling you that I thought San Francisco or uh, that Cleveland had a good chance. That was when I thought that Deshaun Watson was going to play. And then when you told me it was probably P.J. Walker, I was like, ah, no chance then. But you know what? He didn't play great, but he he was good, just good enough. Yeah. And uh, didn't help that McCaffrey went down, Samuel went down, Trent Williams went down. Yeah, that was that, that made a big difference. I mean, Brock, Brock Purdy came back down to earth. His first loss. Yeah, his insanity runs over. I mean, it's tough for, you know, San Francisco to come back to the East Coast and play in a pretty uh, kind of a, a rainy day in Cleveland, off and on rain, I think, by the looks of it, a little bit. So, yeah, there's just that Cleveland defense. That's the story of that game. And Jake Moody missing the field goal. Oh, yeah. 41-yarder. He's been great so this season. He just couldn't handle the clutch, I guess, as a rookie kicker. Yeah, I mean, it was just one of those things. Um, I don't know if that's just one of those games for San Francisco or, you know, is uh, are they not quite as good as we thought? I mean, <clears throat> I don't know the status of those injuries. I mean, from what I've heard, neither one of them are they're going to be out too long. Um, but I'm not positive yet. So, I mean, if those are just short-term injuries, they'll be fine. Mm. But if either one – I think the bigger injury there is McCaffrey. Oh, yeah. Because – they love to run the ball, and he he's he's been he's the main reason that offense has been so good this year. Absolutely, uh, he's a. I mean, anytime touchdown scorer is the f- most free bet in the probably the sports world right now, based on what I've seen. So he's just been a difference maker for them, and he they can't afford to lose him. Yeah, if they lose him, that changes that whole team. I mean, they'll still be a good team, but they won't be that dynamic team they are with him. No. I mean, and even if he does come back, I mean, is he going to be the same as he was? Is he going to be just a little bit down, you know? If he's not a full 100%, if he's only 90%, I mean, that could be like a kind of a nagging injury, you know? He plays through it, but he might not be as, you know, as explosive as he was. You just don't know. Yeah. You just don't know. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. So that's interesting to see if if that's going to bring them back down a little bit. Yeah, let's go to Philly now. They they're on the road, New York. 
uh, against the Jets. Kind of saw we we both kind of saw this one coming a little bit. Jalen Hurts played awful. I'll just say that he threw he threw three picks, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna act like that Jets defense is bad. It's really good. Even without Sauce Gardner, they played good. Yeah, it's a really good defense. Quinton Williams got a pick. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> their front their front line is excellent. Um, yeah, Hurts just wasn't playing good. Um, he made some. I don't know. It looked like he was just throwing it up. Yeah, he and I mean, if you're they're up fourteen to twelve there, I believe. No, f- yeah, fourteen to twelve, and the Jets are force a third down. And Nick Sirianni, with with the lead, is having his quarterback drop back and throw the ball. Why don't you waste some more clock there or something? All he had to do there was run the ball. If they don't get the first down, who cares? They punt the ball and back up the Jets inside their own 20. Yeah, and that offense, I don't see that happening. They're not going all the way down. No. Instead, they get an interception. and That was it. I mean, I, I forget where he ended up. They didn't have far to go, right? No, they were around like the 10-yard line. Yeah, I mean, even then, and they let them score, which is kind of a questionable thing too, because they, I think they had all their timeouts, didn't they, Philadelphia? So, because um, that's been a big debate. Um, why did they let them score a touchdown? Their thinking was let them score, so we have like a minute and forty left, so they can go, so Philadelphia can go back down and score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. But if 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 they keep them from getting a touchdown. And it's only then they only need a field goal to win. Even if they they would have less time to do it in, yeah. But they only have a field goal, so that was kind of a questionable call. A lot of people think that. I mean, I don't know. I guess you could go either way on that. But the big thing was the third down play. I mean, it, I think that's just Sirianni's arrogance. He's arrogant. Yeah, he is. He goes for it way too much. He just he's like, I'm better. Our team's better than you. You're not stopping us. And he he goes against all convention. Most most guys right there are running the ball. He's like, no, I'm not doing that. You just tell by the way he walks up and down that sideline. Um, and he got his comeuppance because that decision lost the game. Yeah. They they no more undefeated teams in the NFL uh, this season. So it's anyone's game now. Uh, the We're going to Sunday night now. Yeah. Tyrod Taylor and the Giants. <laughs> Tyrod Taylor goes back to Buffalo against the Buffalo Bills. We're going to start off here. We're going to fast forward here to the end of the first half. I'm going to say this to the camera. Tyrod Taylor, why are you audibling out of a pass and running the ball? Yeah, um, it was a decision. Um, looking back on it, definitely should have made. Shouldn't have made. Um, I made it to a run. thought I seen a look that was beneficial for us, and it wasn't the right call. Um, and that, that falls on me as a quarterback, as a leader, um, as the one that's communicating everything to everyone. Uh, <clears throat> Got to be better in that situation. Yeah, I don't know if that's. I don't think of a if a age or amount of years of the guys that were up there um, playing their butts off today mattered in that situation. I think to give ourselves a better chance in that situation, um, the original play should have been left on. And uh, I don't think we're here talking about it right now. I think it was a good call. Um, Give one of our better playmakers a chance to make uh, make a play, and we didn't execute it as well as we should have. They made a great play. Uh, that's all for I never get into what calls should be made or what shouldn't be made. Um, it's our job to go out there and play. 
there's going to be calls that, that aren't called throughout the game. Uh, but yeah, it's tough to, to go out on that one, um, especially when we did as much to get down there in that situation. That's a rookie mistake that he made there. And he's a veteran. Yeah, he's 35 years old. He's been in the league forever. And he's up at the line. When it, when If you get an incomplete pass, who cares? If you kick the field goal, that made the difference because they had to throw it up at the end of the game and didn't get it. Right, yeah. Yeah, they were down by they were down by five. So if they kicked the field goal there, they'd only been down two. They could have kicked the field goal at the end and won. Yeah. So, yeah, um, Dayball went nuts on the sideline. He was livid. Which I really don't – I mean – that's probably not the right way to do that either, showing up your quarterback like that. But part of that's on – we don't know, but yes, Tyrod Taylor should know better. But part of that might be on the coaching too. I mean, did anybody that was calling in that play say to him, we cannot run the ball here, this has to be a throw? Did they say that or did they just take it for granted that he's a veteran and should know? I'm assuming the second one because I don't think he would audible out of – a pass if he was told that. You wouldn't think, but, you know, he hasn't played much. So maybe you should treat him more like he's not a veteran because he hasn't been in there in those game-time situations. Yeah. So maybe that is a little bit on the coaching. I mean, we're not going to know because they're not going to say, but I guess they, they failed all the way around. The quarterback failed and the coaching failed there on that play because that, that's horrendous. Yeah. When, he, when, he, when he handed that ball off, I was like, what is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> Did you forget he had no timeouts? That's it. And then they're trying to line up to spike the ball, man. You're done. Oh, my goodness. What What a – get no points at the one-yard line. I mean, imagine that. And and then at the end, uh, the questionable – the controversy. The Was it holding in Darren Waller? I think so. It was. I've seen a lot less than that called. I mean, he had both hands holding his shirt. Teron Johnson like had his shirt out to here. And he's facing him. Sometimes they'll let that go if he's got his shirt a little bit, but he's looking back towards the ball. You have to call that. I mean, he no, but what I'm saying is if, he, if he's got his hand on his shirt a little bit, yeah, and he's looking back at the ball, uh-huh. They'll let that go in a in a little bit. But when he's got his hands on him, and he's just facing the player. He's not looking back at the ball to play the ball or any of that stuff. Yeah, he's just facing him and holding his jersey. That's that has to be called. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. That has you have to call that. I don't care if there's one second. I don't care if it's the beginning of the game. Call it. You have to. You have to call that. I mean, and I mean, but there's there. I mean, there's no guarantee that they're going to get score in the next play either. But you still have to call that. So. Yeah, the Giants should have had one more play there to try to get in the end zone. Yeah, I'm. that's just terrible officiating. I don't remember. Do you remember where that ball was when they – was? were they like – they weren't on the one or they were a little bit farther back, weren't they? What, when Darren Waller? Yeah, that play. They were the at last, the one. Were they at the one with that play? Passing, yeah, because they had a pass interference that's in That's right, zone. it was before that. They didn't want to call two pass interferences, I guess, in a row, but – They've done – They've done like it they before. Yeah, yeah. You remember that Chiefs Raiders game? Yeah, <laughs> Michael Crabtree. Ah, uh, that's exactly what I thought of. Like you've done it before. Who cares? You have to call it. You have to. Um, it's just a just a unfortunate way to finish the game, I guess. Yeah, it is. I mean, they should have called it, and who knows what happens? They might have got the win, which would have been a devastating loss for Buffalo. We're both sitting here on our last episode. 
I know I was for sure saying that's going to be an absolute beatdown for Buffalo. I'd have, I, I didn't think I didn't say that right away. I think I said that Tyrod Taylor. Um, I, I did. I said it was going to be a blowout. So I didn't think it was going to be a blowout. I thought Buffalo would maybe um, win by more, but I didn't think it'd be a blowout. I think I said it was going to be at least two touchdowns, but <sighs> just too I, much mistakes for the Giants in that game. Giants made a lot of mistakes. I I don't know what Buffalo was doing either. I didn't... Yeah, it was really the game of mistakes, wasn't it? Very bizarre game. It it was. I guess you could sum it up to this: the Giants just being a bad football team, and the Bills maybe having a hangover coming back from London. Yeah, I don't know other way to put it than that because those two teams on the same field that should be a Buffalo easy win, mm-hmm. and it was far from that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Giants go down. Uh, I want to point something out. They had a on the drive before the final drive. So when they gave the ball back to Buffalo because they didn't get on fourth down, use the three timeouts. Uh, Tyrod Taylor had a huge throw to Jalen Hyatt down the sideline, and that got him in position to score again. But guess who was the illegal man downfield? Take a wild guess. Evan Neal. That's right. Yes. Oh, my. He's been, uh, he's just been terrible. He's horrendous. Yeah, he's horrible. And the fans can't stand him because he's calling fans hamburger flippers. Did you hear about that? Oh, I saw that. Yeah, that's going to be him in a few years if he doesn't, if he keeps uh, this up. Yeah. So uh, you might want to watch me say he's going to be right out of the league. <laughs> he's brutal. He's the number one draft. First, well, he's a top 10 draft pick. Yeah, he was top five or something like that. He's yeah, he's brutal. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but in that Seahawks Giants game, uh, Evan Neal blocked Darren Waller, which caused an interception. Like Darren Waller was doing his job, and Evan Neal went over there and shoved him by accident or whatever it was. Oh my goodness, yeah. he blocked his own player. Yeah, he's just been a train wreck all season. Uh. That offensive line, they lost another guy right in the first series. They're out yeah. starting left tackle, and they had to put in Justin Pugh. Justin Pugh was in at guard, I believe, and you saw you saw his Sunday night intro yeah. straight off the couch. Straight off the couch, and he didn't look good at first, but after that he actually didn't be, play too bad for a guy that hasn't played. <laughs> yeah, for a guy who hasn't played in a while, I mean, you can't really blame him. No, I mean, you can't he can't expect he, too much. Yeah, he played, played decent. Played decent, yeah. So, huge win for Buffalo. Uh, not pretty, but they got the job done. Yeah, that's all that matters. Get the job done. And, you know, they're only a game behind Miami, and they've got the tiebreaker over Miami. So, Miami plays Philly, the big game this weekend coming up. Oh, a good Sunday night game, finally. Sunday night game. So, you know, if if uh, Philly happens to win that, Miami and Buffalo wins, then Buffalo will be back in first place. So that was a big win for the Bills. Well, Dad, our first play of the week comes in Florida State with the opposing Syracuse. Travis throws it up, and oh, my goodness. Keon Coleman has done it again. He had an unbelievable game. He was all over that field. Syracuse had no answers for that guy. What 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 a catch. Yeah, this was the opening drive of the game, and Keon Coleman got it started from the beginning to the end. What a catch. Here in Colorado, up once, 29 to nothing at halftime. Stanford led the comeback. Throw up to Elika Ayomando and a touchdown. And oh my goodness, this is catch of the year right here, I believe. 
amazing. What a great catch. What a comeback. Oh my god. I didn't even... It was 29 nothing. I didn't watch the end of this game. Who would have? And then I was sleeping sound while Stanford was making the original of uh, the big comeback. What a play. What a, what a finish. All right, got the Lions down in Tampa Bay. Goff goes back. Throws it up, downfield. It's Jamison Williams turning around for the catch. What a readjustment. My gosh. Jamison Williams, who just got his suspension uplifted because of the new gambling rules. Wow. wow. The blazing speed of Jamison Williams. I mean, this guy was a speedster out of Alabama. He couldn't see the ball there. Turns around. It's right there for him to make the catch. Wow. Looks like the corner and the safety got mixed up a little bit there. Uh, looked like the, the safety was expecting the corner to go with him, and he didn't. And, wow, that was, you can't give Jamison Williams that kind of freedom. Well, Dad, coming from the NLDS, Philadelphia up 2-1 in the game and the series. Strider deals it and Castellanos his second home run of this game put him up 3-1 and in the driver's seat to go to the NLCS what a heartbreaker that was for Atlanta wow I think you think maybe he left Strider in too long he's going to be second guessing himself on that one 96 pitches Castellanos takes him yard and that was all she wrote for the Braves two back-to-back home runs dad for Castellanos two home run games uh, in this game, he had two home runs. The game prior, he had two home runs. Yeah, what a, what a what a series for him, man! Amazing. That was just awesome. Philadelphia's on a roll. All right, Washington down four to Oregon. One minute, less than two minutes to go. Penix back throws it. Dunias touchdown. What turns out to be the game winner. So clutch. Michael Penix. Has those clutch genes in him, and it showed it right here. What a game for this young man, Michael Penix, having a an outstanding ball game, and ended up being the game-winning drive. Look at that scoring drive, two plays. Well, Dad, unfortunately, that is our time for today's episode, but can't go away without making predictions. Would you like uh, to make a World Series prediction for the teams left? Yeah, I'm going to go Texas against Philadelphia, and I'm going to say Philadelphia wins in a seven-game series. I'm going to go Texas-Phillies as well. I'm going to say Texas wins. I like it. Texas wins in a seven-game series as well. That game, that series is you got seven games written all over it. I hope that's what we end up with. I do not want to see the Astros. <laughs> I don't think anyone does besides Astros fans, but... That is our conclusion for today's episode of PM Sport Talk. I am Preston, alongside my father, Mike, uh, once again. And we have a website now. Uh, You can check us out there at pmsporttalk.com. We stream on Spotify and YouTube. Find us there. And thank you, everyone, for watching. And have a good night. Hey, if you like what you see, you can subscribe down below. And you can listen to our podcast at any time. And also, if you want to reach out to us, you can reach us at pmsporttalk at gmail.com. Also coming soon is a website. Thank you all for listening. Have a good one.